You are listening to the MS Mobile Show. This is the podcast that helps you get the most out of the Microsoft services you use on all your mobile devices. This is the first full episode of the podcast in quite a while, but I think we're kicking it off. Wow, we're kicking it off not very well, Uh, but the guest I have for this reboot is awesome. Today I'm joined by Kevin Harvell. Kevin is has been a longtime podcaster. He's an avid tech enthusiast and, of course, a big fan of his hometown, St. Louis. Many of you know Kevin Harvell, and he's the reason he's on the episode today is to talk about the MS Mobile Show. Kevin, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Vernon. It's nice to be back as the... Show rises from the ashes, as we might want to say. Yep, the ashes from uh, the the arson that I committed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was a pretty definite, it was not a pod fade, it was a pod abrupt stop for a bit there, and life got in the way, and I'm I'm so excited, just a huge smile on my face, because I'm getting this fired up again, and... uh, It happens. Yeah, and I'm just glad it didn't didn't end. We're we're revamping it, We're, we're... Whatever, at least we're doing one more episode. Um, but you know what? At least in the Slack channel, there has been demand for the show. Oh, yeah. People have been asking. They've been asking. And I feel so bad when I, another, I get another notification. They're like, so, milk carton? We saw MS Mobile <laughs> show on a milk carton. When's it coming back? <laughs> I'm like, I know, Daryl. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. So, Well, Kevin, um, first of all, quickly introduce yourself to uh, the listeners uh, briefly, we're going to dig in real deep a little bit later, but uh, where might listeners uh, have, how might they have known you? Well, if they had not heard of me on the MS Mobile Show in its prior incarnation, then you can hear me on Tech Informist podcast that I host with Brad Whiteside, who I can't remember, I believe he has been on one episode of MS Mobile Show. one, maybe, one, maybe, maybe two. Couple, yeah. So that's techinformist.com. So there's those podcasts. And then also kind of one of the newer ones that most people probably do not know that wasn't around whenever MS Mobile Show was a thing in my direct involvement with it. And that's everything VR and AR podcast that I'm kind of like hired out to host and edit and produce and do all that stuff for the VR AR Association, which is a worldwide global association of different members and companies in the whole virtual and augmented reality space. Hence, you know, there's a lot of talk about HoloLens and what Apple is doing. So those are pretty much the two podcasts that I'm more closely associated with now. Nice. Well, I should say that Listeners, we do have a sponsor for this episode, and I am a little bit out of the box, and I'm not telling you who the sponsor is. You'll need to wait till the end to hear the sponsorship plug, and uh, this is awkward for me to say it this way because I don't know how else to say it. But is that kind of like a teaser or a spoiler alert? It's a, it's a teaser because <laughs> it's not it's not a, an uh, alert in a negative manner in any way. So. So Kevin is actually on the show for kind of two reasons. First of all, we're going to talk all about MS Mobile Show and what it's been doing the past two years and its progress. But also, we want to know more about Kevin and a lot of the people that know him from Tech Informist and and the things he's doing probably don't know all um, all the all the specific things about him. Um, well, they don't know more about him than the, than they normally hear on the show. 
So first, let's jump to um, MS Mobile Show. Kevin, let's go back. Let's go in the Wayback Machine. Let's kick this off. Two years ago, I think it was um, – well, I think the first episode was – boy, it was February of 2015. I think it was the first episode of MS Mobile Show fired off. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yes, you and JJ. Yeah, so first of all, why don't you roll back another six months or whatever or whatever, whatever it would have been with you and JJ, and what inspired you, what um, – what lit the fuse, I guess, to get something like that rolling? Well, J.J. Hammond, who many longtime listeners of the show might remember, was the original co-host of MS Mobile Show. And J.J. and I were doing STL Tech Talk podcast, which transitioned into the Tech Informist podcast. And we had just kind of got to the point that, you know, Microsoft, it seemed like things in their mobile space was really getting pretty hot and heavy things with, you know, Windows 8 was going really well. And then Windows 10 was coming along and it's like, you know, hey, there's a lot of things going on right now. Let's start a podcast about that. And me knowing myself and time limits, let's find somebody else to kind of host this. So, you know, we knew you. You had been a guest on STL Tech Talk and been uh, on Tech Informist as well, I believe. I had once, but I think I mean, Tech Informist didn't really exist in, at that point. No, nah, maybe not. Right? My memory's yeah. getting a little it's fuzzy tough to on keep, some things. Keep track of it. Man. It is. Um, yeah, it is. But I know you did fill in for me on I think STL Tech Talk when my mom passed away in april of 2014 so we've known you for three plus years I suppose, yeah which that i mean that in itself is like wow that's kind of a long time <laughs> it's amazing it's cool <laughs> this is one of those things you find out people through other podcasts because you were doing was it glance and that's go right. glance and go radio yeah Man, I'm surprised I remembered that. <laughs> That's been so. Yeah. I think JJ had you know mentioned that podcast and introduced me to it, and then you know obviously we followed you on Twitter and stuff like that, and I mean, hence the MS Mobile Show was born. One of the biggest things I recall about that was the whole creation of it, the the forming, almost the gestation in the womb before it was birthed. Um, as far as coming up with everything that we needed to do, coming up with an actual plan, like, a, you know, I don't know if we had a literal mission statement, but the things that we wanted to accomplish, the, the, the wording, even just in the name of it, what we wanted to appeal to, what we wanted to um, suggest that the show was about, but without keeping it too specific. Like, we didn't just call it the Windows Phone 8.1 show, you know, that, that, that wouldn't really <laughs> yeah. be appropriate, but... That was so much fun, and that was the first time I really had a chance to do that because with Glance and Go, I with Glance and Go, I just joined, and then we it was a little bit more like more of a loose format. But that was so much fun coming up with the show, creating it, and then I mean, just taking it to a whole next level, which I had never encountered. Kevin, you and and JJ, especially you, Kevin, where you you know you dealt with, dealing with video and. Um, uh, well, putting things on YouTube, coming up with good album art or, you know, um, promo materials, things like that. 
Oh. Yeah, I think JJ came up with the logo for the show, and right. you know it okay. still looks great today. And in, in my that's mind. true, that's true. You, he did that, and then uh, your your tech your technical expertise as far as podcasting and the things that you had. Well, I guess you, you probably consider yourself a much different place now than you were then from a podcasting standpoint, huh? Yes. Yeah. It's very very different now than what it used to be just because you know things have just changed a lot you know we've pivoted and different things with our show and obviously you know ms mobile shows kind of went through its iterations with jj stepping down and david coming on from being a pretty regular guest to stepping in filling the spot from JJ when JJ had to step away. I, I looked back and our first official episode, not the negative one or not the zero, but one, zero, zero, one, I think it was called the launch or something. We actually had David on the show. <laughs> I didn't even realize that until I looked at our, um, at YouTube. And that was, that was interesting. Back then we used Google Hangouts, which I despised then and I despise it now. But it, it it worked well and it was it was fine. And I know we transitioned to using Blab for a while, which was fantastic. It was so simple to use. Hey, oh, it was. Hangouts wasn't bad either, but uh, Blab made it even easier. And especially that interaction with the listeners was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, people getting a chance to watch it live and interact and ask questions right there in the chat. It was wonderful. Yeah, and getting trolled so badly that was fun too because you'd have you know uh, Blab was. <laughs> If you if you stereotype it, it's the, the the little the the MacBook crowd, and that nothing wrong with the MacBook, but that you have people like, oh, really? This is a show about Microsoft. What you are, you've reached Uber <laughs> geekery. Like you are just so yeah. out there. So that was kind of fun. But so Kevin, you obviously uh, appreciate and enjoy a lot of Microsoft services and devices and things like that. But your focus is more broad. How do you see MS Mobile Show over the past two years from a from a less biased standpoint? I'm I'll easily admit I'm biased. So for myself, obviously my personal devices have changed over the years. I've had a number of different Lumia devices, five twenties, and uh, I never had a nine twenty. I've had a fifteen twenty. And then I also had a 950 for a while. And I also had a Surface Pro 3 back when all this was really starting. And then I transitioned into having this MacBook Pro. And now I'm like almost all in on Apple. And I never thought that I would ever say that. But I've got Windows 10 on a boot camp partition on my Mac. So I'm not like completely off the platform. Yeah, I think someone looking from the outside or even you might see how... MS Mobile Show has become so much less relevant, and I it almost pains me to say that. But I mean, what, why deny you know the truth if that is the truth? Or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's the the stepping stones to something else that Microsoft has coming coming forward. And I guess we kind of thought about that even in the naming of it um, to some extent. I don't know. Well, I think it helped in the fact that Windows 10 is meant to be on pretty much any device that 
runs a Windows operating system. As we know, Microsoft is still planning on, as far as we know, continuing on with the kind of Windows mobile platform, just in the fact that devices are going to be running, you know, ARM devices. You'll be able to run regular full-blown Windows on pretty much anything. The Xbox, you know, you can play games between your Xbox and your PC. You can stream them to different devices and tablets. And there's just so many different ways that Microsoft has connected all this different software and experiences that I think it still kind of fits, even though they've disbanded the band, Mm -hmm. which still kind of... You know, makes a lot of people upset, even myself. You know, I had a band two. I've had a band one. And I just, once I seen that they were going to pretty much going to stop support for it, it's like, Jesus, really? Because I love the band two. Yeah, it was really, really fantastic. Yeah. So, in so many ways. And it's like, it was so, what was the term? Like, it, they, they did so well at it and they did so poorly at it. It's like, how could you, at the same how could time, you screw yeah. up such an awesome thing? You know, and, yeah, whatever. So, all right. Well, I want to thank you, Kevin, so much. Huge appreciation for for you and JJ inviting me in on this little project, this thing that we, we had going. And it was so much fun to be part of that. I have had an awesome time podcasting, even though, uh, you know, the co-hosts have changed. I don't know what that says about me if I'm – uh, just too stubborn to move on or if it means that I I mean whatever uh, obviously JJ did not leave because he wanted to he had a lot of uh, things um, it wasn't like he didn't like podcasts or anything but he moved oh no he it's yeah it is still really weird podcasting and not having him involved because he was the energy oh, yeah. and I was kind of the the straight guy the technical person and he was the personality Absolutely. we'll say yeah so I, I think the dynamic that JJ and I had was fantastic. He's an awesome guy, and you know we just we just always continue to wish him the best in what in the things he's doing. Uh, David V. Kimball obviously was a great person to step in, and it was so cool to have him work with him for I don't know how long it was over a year. I think we we podcasted together, maybe longer, and now kind of progressing. We do have another uh, a different co-host still be joining me. Uh, David obviously uh, moved forward because of other things in his life and, uh, you know, still a good friend of mine, all that kind of stuff. No no hard feelings, obviously. We have a great co-host that's going to join us next week. He's going to be a regular co-host. I'm excited for it. So listeners, uh, keep listening and join us next week. So this is where we jump into what I'm going to enjoy the most, I think, is where we really get to find out stuff about Kevin that I didn't, I probably didn't know in most cases. The listeners probably didn't know. And I know, as at, personally, I've been on a, a guest um, on a few different podcasts recently, and I found it so liberating almost to just talk about stuff that wasn't about Microsoft or necessarily even podcasting, but talk about... Like I was on a, I was a guest that I talked about the home buying experience that I went through and I, it was, it was whatever. It was cool. So, so Kevin, first of all, we want to hear your, your, the, the, the strongest punch you have as far as helping the listener 
listeners know about uh, the thing you're best at, the thing you're known for, the thing you focus on, podcasting. What? Uh, share some wisdom here. It's just a matter of really finding something that you like to talk about and like to talk about on a regular basis, whether you like history or sports or technology or comic books or Transformers or G.I. Joe's, just kind of whatever it is that you're really into and just being able to take advantage of the opportunity on social media and reach out to people that you kind of admire and you follow like for us on Tech Informist and even on this show, you know, we've talked to Daniel Rubino, Richard Devine, Paul Thrott, Mary Jo Foley, and all these different people that are just so fun to talk to and that you read and follow and keep up with all their work all the time. And it's just really kind of neat to be able to do that. So I definitely recommend, you know, finding something and I think the biggest challenge is just trying to figure out a frequency because, you know, as you know, life happens and life gets in the way and real life has to take priority over getting a podcast recorded. And hence why you have multiple months of downtime as you move your family from one city and state to the next, even if it's only 30 minutes from where you were previously living. Well, that's that's almost exactly what you did. Yeah, and my I move mean, was an hour, but I mean, but you're you moved recent. Well, what's that? Almost a year now, year ago now, right? Yeah, it's been a little over a year ago, and it's not like we really moved that far away. Again, we just stayed in the same little city and just kind of moved a couple little, just a couple miles. But it just being able to still keep that going and not really have an issue, and it. Thankfully, I think it helps by having a place I can go to and record here in the studio in the co-working space that I'm in. That's helped out a lot. Well, what drew you to podcasting to begin with? And I should say, what drew you and then also, you know, pivot that into what might draw other people into it and even uh, maybe list some reasons why someone should not podcast. (laughs) Mm, let's see. So what drew me into it was, again, it goes back to JJ. He had asked whenever I first met him, I was looking for people to write on stltechtalk.com. And he reached out and come to find out he lived like 10 minutes away. And, you know, we kind of talked about if I'd ever wanted to do a podcast. And back then, you know, it's kind of a shy, quiet person. It was not something I was going to want to do just by myself, be a solo hosting podcast person. So it was nice, you know, to listen to those first few episodes and they were horrible and things kind of gradually improved, kind of broke out of my shell a little bit, became a little bit more outgoing, a better conversationalist and just the whole getting comfortable. And again, it's just kind of getting over your fear of quote unquote public speaking, even though right now it's just me and you talking, knowing that there will probably be hundreds or maybe thousand. I mean, you you never know how many people are going to listen or where they're going to listen from. And also, not just now, but, you know, I, I go back and I see episodes of Glenn Single Radio uh, that are years old. And they're not getting a lot of new listens, but occasionally I'll get pinged, hey, I liked that episode from a while ago. Like, holy cow, you listened to that? Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, like, man, I, I, I remember what mic I was using then. That was horrible. But that, you know, that wasn't the point. Um. 
I guess what I was alluding to also is uh, as far as why not to get into a podcast, don't, I would say, don't manage your expectations, at least in my case. Don't expect that you, you fire something up and like, oh, sweet, three grand a week. This is pretty nice. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is that is the one thing. It's one of those that if you know somebody that is good at marketing or you're just somebody that's really savvy with kind of attracting people and having whether it's charisma or what, just being able to kind of like sell it. I'm not a salesman. I'm not a marketing person. I can tweet about things, but I'm just more of a, a technical person and just being able to create the the, the episodes and the shows. I think a lot of things would be different had I known somebody that could really handle the marketing aspect and really convince them that, hey, if you can sell sponsorships for this, you will get a really nice percentage of whatever comes in. Because if we're doing the podcast ourselves and not having to pay somebody else to edit, you know, your profit level goes up, obviously. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's nothing to say that you can't make, you know a few hundred dollars at least a month to where it makes sense to do and get you a little play money to buy something new that comes out. I would, I would say, I guess two things to that. Well, I would say don't expect to do it um, as a job. I don't want to say it as a job, but as soon as you consider it your job, as soon as you consider it an obligation, then you're going to put your in, put yourself in the category of like, Ugh, I have to do this. Whereas if you're just encouraged, if it's something you're already enjoying doing, and then the extra stuff is just a, a, maybe a minor inconvenience as opposed to a, a tremendous chore. But if you if you hate everything about talking or talking to other people or technology or marketing or whatever, uh, you're gonna you're not gonna last very long. Either that or your yeah. marriage won't last very long. Yeah, I know there's definitely times my wife's like, so when are you going to like get a real job? <laughs> like, well, I don't know. This is all working out all right to me. I mean, I can still pay the rent on this office and mm -hmm. different things like that and still have a little play money to buy a new device here and there. And that's, again, I mean, I, I do a lot of editing stuff. So, you know, getting paid to edit other people's podcasts that can actually make some decent money and picking up some video presentation captures and editing that video, you know, that's, that helps out a lot. That's awesome. That's good. I would say, or I would ask you if, if someone was going to do this by themselves and not really get much else help, much other help, do you think in, in your opinion, do you think it'd be better for them to have the technical capabilities or the marketing in, in, yeah, the marketing, um, no well i would say when it comes to podcasting that there's ways that you can take as long as the content is good it doesn't have to sound great i mean there's people that have some fantastic sounding shows but their content is boring or the hosts are just not engaging and it's not interesting at all and you just kind of want to tune it out and then the complete opposite is true that you know, the host or just super, super awesome, but their audio quality might not be that good, but you still listen because you really enjoy what the hosts have to say and what it is that they're talking about. 
Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let's learn a little bit more about you, Kevin. Um, what what are the sequences of events that led you? I mean, we talked about where how MS Mobile Show started, but what kind of led up to to that? Spending, let's see, 14 and a half years working for Chrysler. And then once I left Chrysler because, you know, the plants in St. Louis were closing and all the jobs were going elsewhere, I didn't want to uproot the family and move. So just kind of stayed in the St. Louis area, went back to school and got a some computer certifications you know, CompTIA A+, Security+, Network+, and got into the IT field. Started working at a local Catholic all-girls school doing laptop repair on Lenovo convertible tablets. So spin the screen around, lay it down, write on the tablet, stuff like that. Let's see, Lenovo X200, 201, 220, and then I think it moved to the 230 was the model they were using when I last left. And that was just really interesting, getting a chance to do something other than build cars, build trucks and stuff like that, put parts together on an assembly line, like working in an office and in a school. It's just a totally different environment than I was used to. And then just one day, I just had this grand idea. I wanted to start a tech website. You know, I love reading Android Central and Windows Central, stuff like that thought, well, maybe I'll just start my own website and share my opinions on things. And then that eventually led to starting the podcast with JJ. You know, it, I think it was uh, about a year after I started the website is when I first met him. And then just kind of went from there. And it's, just, it's, it's so interesting to see how far you've come and probably hadn't even considered how far you would have gone in that direction from you know a decade ago. Yeah, it, it's just really weird because I've been gone from Chrysler now since the end of November of 2008 was my last official day with the Chrysler Corporation or whatever you want to call them now. I don't even don't even follow anything that they do anymore. I mean, the name still kind of perks my grabs my attention and makes my ears perk up when I hear about it, but. Other than that, it's just like you know, 14 and a half years, you know, a lot of a lot of money to be made and a lot of experiences, a lot of friendships were made and a lot of great memories and some not so great. But I still will, from time to time, have dreams about that place. Those <laughs> those nightmares where you can't keep up with the job you're doing and where thing it's like Tetris where you just get so overwhelmed because the pieces are just coming at you so fast. It's just really, really weird to still think that almost 10 years later, I'm still having dreams and stuff about the place. That's funny. It is. It is. It's really funny and odd at the same time. Well, that kind of does lead into one more topic here, jumping around just a little bit, but impress me, like blow my mind with something about automobile manufacturing that I would have never thought about or whatever. So with automobile manufacturing, we were used to working so many overtime hours, like five, 10 hour days, Monday through Friday, and then on Saturday, an eight or a nine hour day. So two six day weeks in a row, and then we would have a regular five day week. As soon as it 
would start getting rumors floating around that they were talking about cutting back production or cutting back hours to go to like a regular eight hour shift or nine hour shift. You could always tell because body shop, which, you know, fed everything. That's where they start, you know, weld all the pieces together and stuff like that before it goes into the paint department. They would start having breakdowns (laughs) and, and that would be because, you know, the people out there had bought their boats, their, you know, lake houses and overextended themselves financially to where they couldn't live without the overtime. You know, if you think about it, a lot of that is the reason why those plants closed because when the assembly line would stop, I forget just how many thousands of dollars per minute were being lost. You know, if that line's not moving, there's no money being made because the per- the vehicles are not being produced. Yeah, but you're still spending, obviously, overhead. Yeah, yeah. Between all the utilities and, I mean, granted, they had their own powerhouse, their own water I mean, just facility labor, and stuff like that. Even. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just not good. So seeing that, and it would just get so annoying when that would happen. And just some of the hiring practices and that they had to do because, I mean, I'm not going to get into a whole race thing, but some of the hiring practices, and this, this was across all races, so it's not like I'm singling one group out or, or the other. You just hire people, and it's kind of the downside of the union is the fact that that's the union's job is to fight to get drug users and just derelicts, just bad people that don't deserve to be making that kind of money, that kind of insurance that just threw away the opportunity and pretty much ruined it for everybody else because they would fight to get their job back, even though they've had six drug offenses and stupid stuff and they've been fired five times. And mm-hmm. it's just, ah, well, this is annoying. I th- I think, I think uh, I'm not the only one with that, the opinion that that's kind of why some of the jobs, um, the cars, for example, uh, the shift, the trend went away from American vehicles, especially being made mm-hmm. here. It's kind of shooting themselves in the foot, and I don't want to get too, you know, dig too deeply into it, but it seems pretty cut and dried looking back on it, at least. Some of the huge missteps by the automotive industry in the past half a decade, half a century, uh, kind of makes you wonder, well, what are we doing now that is screwing us up for 30 years from now? I don't know. It's why I think the only reason why I would get back into auto manufacturing and we've got a, a general motors plant here in Wentzville. That's making the, the Colorado, the smaller pickups and stuff like that. And they're running two and three, two and three shifts a day. So they're working around the clock trying to keep up. I could have went there and got back into the industry, but no. But if Tesla (laughs) wanted to offer me a position, I would get back into that in a heartbeat because it's an American company. They're building everything here and assembling everything here. And I like what they stand for because they're focused on, you know, all this green technology and reusable energy you know electric vehicles and all the batteries and the solar shingles and stuff like that on houses i mean it's just great stuff who wouldn't want to be a part of that nice well 
Is there a factory nearby, or where where are the Teslas manufactured? I want to say they're made out in California. Sounds sounds right. Okay, if you had offered a job out there, you'd uproot an awful lot. What would it actually? I mean, you, you couldn't take it. I mean, you got stuff. Your your roots are deep in St. Louis. Uh, to a point. I mean, it's one advantage now as opposed to ten years ago. That my son, my youngest son, is a senior in high school. So he graduates in a little over two months. So that wouldn't be that much of an issue really now as it would have been then, you know, uprooting a child within the middle of their school life. Now it wouldn't be as as big of a deal. And I think we'd probably jump at that opportunity to kind of get back to a little bit more of the financial life that we were living then Mm -hmm. but again i probably wouldn't have as much flexibility as i do now to be able to say hey you want to go on a slightly extended weekend we can kind of do that now just because a lot of stuff that i do i can pretty much do from anywhere if i wanted to still stay in podcasting it's wherever i would end up i just find a place and start a new studio nice well, tell us more about your family then. You said you're youngest. So married for 15 years That's now. Awesome. And we just celebrated that back on March the 2nd. Congratulations. So cool. just about well, almost two weeks ago. And we actually just got back from a weekend cruise. And so I just got back from New Orleans yesterday. We went to Cozumel for a day, two days at sea and on carnival cruise ship, which come to find out my previous boss at the Catholic school, she ended up being on the boat as well at the same time, but we didn't see her (laughs) at all. And what I had told our friends, because another couple went with us, I told them because it was their first time on a cruise. I said, there will be some people that you see all the time. And then there will be some people on this ship that you will never see. <laughs> it is the weirdest. Is thing. that based more on like where the cabins are? Like if you're just, if you happen to be near, you know, what do you call it? Like your cabins are near some other pe- other people or is it because of like your, your roaming patterns, like your migration patterns? I don't know. Well, I, th- I do think it, a lot of it does stem from where your cabin is. For example, our cabin was kind of in the middle of the ship. So we had a balcony room on like the eighth level, but we were like in the center of the ship. If you have a cabin in the front or the the back, your your patterns, like you were alluding to, are totally different than what ours were because we just go up one level and make a right and we're out on what's called the Lido deck where the pool and hot tubs and some of the food is. So we're like really close. We didn't have to walk far. Hmm. Nice. And then just some of your evening entertainment choices may be different. There's two different dining rooms. There's two different dinner times and the dining areas for your nice dinners, you know, that some big areas. So you might have even had the same dining room, dining time, but be on a different level or just in a totally different portion of that same room. Hmm. It's just really, really weird. Have you, and this this is just a grown-up cruise, like no kids on this one, or was it? No, no kids on this nice. one. <laughs> it's not like it was some 
an adult yeah an adult cruise, cruise but, but it was a grown-up cruise it was just yeah. carnival carnival triumph cool well have you ever taken your kids on a cruise with you Yes, and that was actually in 2008 when I had spent my last official day with Chrysler. I was on a cruise ship when that when when that last day came because I had already been laid off since that summer, like July, and I turned in my buyout papers the day before Thanksgiving because that was the cutoff, you know, then the Thanksgiving holiday, and we drove down to. New Orleans the day after Thanksgiving that year. Hmm. And a couple days later, I'm in the middle of the ocean thinking, all right, this was my last day with the company. Hmm. Here's to a new start. (laughs) Yeah, I can see how that'd be a little bittersweet, uh, if not actually heartbreaking for some people as far as, you know, working Mm -hmm. with a company for 15 years. And uh, that's, I'd be tough, I guess. Yeah. And my wife had asked me before, you know, if she wanted me to cancel that cruise. And I said, no, we're, we're still going to do this and see what happens. Cause it was already been paid for and everything. Yeah. Well, you told us about your youngest, but what are the other children in your family? Or, or who so are they? Got, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I've got three older stepchildren. Josh is 25. No, he'll be 26 this year. And he's got special needs kind of on the cerebral palsy spectrum, we'll say. And then Sierra is 23. Yeah, 23. And she's actually over in kind of the Kansas City area doing the the Job Corps program out there, getting into like culinary arts and stuff like that. And then Zach is 22, and he's still in the St. Louis area. Just kind of doing his thing. Cool. And then in most houses, there's at least one pet. What do you have? We currently have three cats, all female, ranging in age from almost 16. And the easiest way for me to remember how old Molly is, who is our oldest, is the fact that we got her about a week or so before the original Xbox (laughs) released in 2001. Because I remember... You know, playing Halo and she would kind of like screw around with the controller cable. I'm like, no, this isn't <laughs> happening. You just, no, just get away from the cords and you'll be fine. And then we have another cat named Ginger. She is going to be nine this year. And then we have her half sister, Nexi, who I named Nexus after the Nexus five. So she is. Coming up on, she'll be, I think she's going to be five this year, four this year. Yeah, she'll be four this year. Hmm. Cool. Uh, just th- two days ago, three days ago, my daughter somehow uh, got us in the business of adopting a cat from the neighbors. And so, nice. uh, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> And then, not so coincidentally, but uh, relatively ironically, she, my daughter, my oldest, got her driver's license uh, to. I saw today. that. Yeah. How's that? How's that feel, Dad? <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> She's a pr- pretty good driver, but uh, the ironic part of it is that she had the cat to build responsibility, you know, so to speak, 
and also that she would be there to take care of it all the time. And now, of course, she's she'll be gone and uh, you know as as often as possible with uh, with a set of wheels. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Moving on to uh, through my list of questions here. Uh, the question was uh, your geographic location, and of course, you did allude you live in St. Louis. How long have you been there? And do you cons- some people really, really identify with that's their home? Other people are like, yeah, I like this town. Yeah, so I've grown up in the St. Louis area, and I've lived here my entire life, so almost forty-one years. And I can't really. I mean, there's other places that I think I'd be comfortable living. But I'm completely fine still being here, even though, yeah, there's been a lot of issues, but it's not as bad as the media likes to make out with the racial tension. And I mean, there's I think there's racial tension almost everywhere. It just, you know, it takes one or two incidents to magnify and make an area seem like it's just some hood gang ridden area. Like, no, no, I I mean, I live or no, I don't live. I my office slash studio is just blocks from what they consider here in St. Louis area, the great Del Mar divide, which is Del Mar Boulevard. And my office is in the central West end, which is kind of a more uppity, primarily white neighborhood here in St. Louis by forest park, by the, you know, awesome hospitals and Washington university and stuff like that. And then I just walk a block or really just across the street and you kind of see some older places that are kind of run down and have seen much better days because they haven't really been taken care of. But it's not something that I fear if I decide to go walk to the local grocery store here in the area or just go for a walk to get out of the studio for a little while. I don't ever feel that anybody's just going to run up and pull a gun or anything on me. And of course, you alluded to other uh, other places. What is your favorite place you've ever visited? Well, I love history, and that's something that I don't really know what it was that just started back in elementary school. I've always loved to read, so going to the library in elementary school, I would always check out biographies of people, and just kind of fell in love with Washington D.C. and learning about presidents and stuff like that. I love going to Washington, D.C., and when I went there in 2012, I guess it was, for a convention, got a chance to go to Ford's Theater, which Lincoln is the president I kind of read the most about and have learned the most about. So getting a chance to go there was fantastic. You, you talked about you know school, but what is your, when you think of your education, so many people I'm really interested in, to, as I go through this journey of talking to different guests, I really want to understand uh, how their education, especially formal, is different than what they're focused on and what they might be best at, or maybe it's directly in line. What do you, um, how would you say you've been educated? Well, I went to public high school and then I went to a local community college, which was about 10 minutes from where I was living. And I didn't really have a true direction. I kind of got into, when I first started, I went and I quote-unquote majored in electronics. And the reasoning behind that was because I was, you know, this is in the 1994, so, you know, the mid-90s, I was into 
car stereos. And I thought, hey, it's all electronics. So you got to know electricity and stuff like that. But I didn't realize until like signing up for classes and first few weeks, I'm like, this isn't quite what I thought because there's a whole lot of math. Not really a big fan of math. Converting all the formulas and all that stuff, I'm like, that eh, just, no, nah, I'm not really feeling it. Doing the DC circuits and AC circuits courses, I'm like, no, not feeling this, not feeling this whatsoever. So, I mean, I went a couple years and ended up changed my major so many times I didn't have enough credits to graduate and decided to just go full-time at Chrysler and just put education on hold. But in 2007, I decided to go get those last few credits done and get just the general associates taken care of. And that was kind of it. And then, you know, doing some of the training after leaving Chrysler, you know, a year or so later. Mm-hmm. Well, add to that though, you have so much, you've, learned so much you've educated yourself so much just in the past uh, half a decade regarding uh well podcasting especially i don't know what you could say to say about that like how do you view that versus a formalized the education you had then i honestly wish that more places would do like apprenticeships kind of like quote unquote the old days where you know if you wanted to learn printing you apprenticed under Somebody that ran a printing company, you know, the printing presses and stuff like that. If you wanted to learn to be a welder, you, you know, apprentice underneath uh, somebody that specializes in welding. Same with plumbing and, you know, carpentry. You didn't really necessarily need to go to school for that because I learned best by on-the-job training. And I think a lot of that comes from my time at Chrysler. It's not like I had to go to school to learn how to take this part from this box and take this bolt from this box and put that part on this vehicle with that bolt. You don't have to go to school for that. You just learn the job and figure out the best way to do it and learn it on your own. And then a lot of people that I expect to be on this show, I think of like what people are known for. And then I think about what they actually do. Um, I don't know how to frame that better, but the question is, what's your primary means of income? Right now, honestly, my primary source of means from for income would be working with my special needs stepson, who I mentioned a little while ago. You know, I'm CPR certified, and I've got certification where I can administer medications through uh, GJ ports, which is like gastrointestinal ports like that. You know, basically he's fed through a feeding tube and it just goes straight to a little piece that comes out of his stomach and it just goes into there. And, you know, so that I do like 32 hours a week with him over the course of two different days. That's the primary source of income. Hmm. And then the podcast studio is kind of like, quote unquote, play money to buy some things and help out with some other aspects. Nice. Well, that obviously a caretaker is an incredible uh, reason to exist. I mean, like you're you're giving that other human, you're improving their quality of life so dramatically. So that's give you a lot of credit for that. And you know, even the patience it takes sometimes to 
to deal with another human. Like I have little humans. I don't know if you can hear, but I have a <laughs> I have a human dumping over a tote of Legos uh, just as we speak or a few moments ago. Which is great for podcasting. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's keep moving on here. Let's jump right back into the technology. What are your t- top three current pieces of technology right now? All right, so I know a lot of people that are listening to this that are fans of the MS Mobile Show and what the show stands for are going to hate the fact that I say my iPhone 7 Plus. <laughs> That's number one. Uh, I've had a couple different iPhones over the years, none that I had bought new, one that I had bought just on a whim. It was like a iPhone 4S just because, well, doing a technology podcast You kind of need to know what apps are out there on the different platforms, so I needed to have one of each. So I bought an iPhone 4S, and the thing was just so ridiculously small. I'm like, this, no, I I can't do this. So I sold that, and then I bought like an iPhone 6 from a local St. Louis friend, Alejandro Ramirez. So I thought, wow, this is much nicer. But I wasn't liking the battery life, so... I sold that, and then it took a while before I bought his iPhone 6 Plus. So, again, I bought another device from Alejandro, and then I used that for a while. And then the 7 Plus came, you know, was getting ready to come out. So, I bought the 7 Plus, brand new, first time. I'm like, wow. So, you know, the night that it went on sale for pre-order, I had stayed up, and it was like 2 a.m. Central Time. And through the 6 Plus, just with the little Apple Store app, put in the information that I wanted to get. And within like five minutes, I had pre-ordered my iPhone and went back to bed. And I'm like, that was a pretty cool little experience, (laughs) just being able to do it all right there from the phone. Nice. And it arrived like a week later. And then I passed my 6 Plus down to my son and set my 7 Plus up and been using it ever since and... Just really love the camera on it, and I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, it just that whole thing about it just works. It it does. There's very little that I have to complain about it, especially using like the Google Gboard keyboard. That's that's the first thing I always swap out. I've got to have trace typing, and I've tried WordFlow, the Microsoft keyboard for it, but. To me, it's not the same as the Google keyboard. Nothing to have to apologize for. That's okay. That's why I asked. What else? And What's your next? A lot of great Microsoft services oh, yeah, on there still. Absolutely. That's where the, the best Microsoft apps are. Yeah. <laughs> Again, they, they just work for better or worse. Yep. What's your next uh, favorite piece of tech? So the next thing with me being almost 41 years old, I'm a child of the 80s, and when I think of the 80s, I think of Nintendo. So I was able to get an NES Mini, the NES Classic, that came out back in early November, I believe it was. I was able to score one on launch day, and you know, just getting a chance to play that you know, it comes preloaded with 30 games. Obviously, since then... Uh, some wonderful hacking enthusiasts have made it possible where you can load up pretty much any Nintendo or Super Nintendo, Sega, Game Boy, 
pretty much anything up to Nintendo 64. And not all Nintendo 64 games will run well on it, but so I've been able to get a bunch of different games installed on there and it makes it so much nicer. I picked up a Wii U Pro controller so I can play wirelessly with the one of those little Bluetooth dongles, I think from the company 8-Bit Doe. So 8-B-I-T-D-O. They make a wireless receiver and pair that up and I don't have to deal with that ridiculous little two foot long cord that the controller comes with because that's just too short. Hmm. But it's fun getting a chance to go back and playing all your favorite Nintendo and Super Nintendo games and pretty much anything else that you want to on it. It's so much fun. All right. And your third top piece of tech. I've been on a Nintendo kick lately, so I pre-ordered a Nintendo Switch. And I've been playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I actually took it with us on the cruise. I didn't play as much as I wanted to. I probably only got to play for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours over the course of a couple of days. But it's nice, you know, you put it in the dock and take the little Joy-Cons off and sit back from the TV. And then whenever you're ready to play portable, you just put the Joy-Cons back on, pick it up out of the dock and go do your thing. It's It's pretty fun. Just waiting for some more more really good games like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That's kind of next on my list to, that I want to get in April. Cool. Well, let's pull it back from Apple and Nintendo. Kevin, what is your all-time favorite Windows phone or Windows mobile device? And that would be the Lumia 1520. Just I've always liked bigger phones. If I have a choice between you know, for example, iPhone, the regular 7 or the 7 Plus, I'm going to go with the Plus every time. And the same way it would be with uh, Nexus devices. I had a Nexus 4, I had a Nexus 5, and then I had a Nexus 6. And I've just always liked bigger phones because the bigger display, typically a better battery life. The 1520 had fantastic battery life, had a superb camera. Everything on it just ran like a champ to fund other devices. I've ended up selling certain devices over the years, and I miss it. It was my little, well, not little, but my Darth Vader version. It was the black Lumia 1520. I miss that phone. I do. I really do miss yeah, it. Yeah, mine, mine is dying. Like it, The screen is a little messed up, and the battery drops out after a few minutes. There's a connection problem in there or something. I don't know exactly. Well, that just about wraps it up. Before we finish, let's go to our sponsor. Uh, obviously, we want to thank a big, big thanks for the episode sponsor. And in this case, it's not a real sponsor. It is Kevin because Kevin is an entrepreneur. You have, you're doing a lot of different things. And especially if someone is a podcaster and they don't like editing, like I don't like editing, Kevin, you can help out with that. <laughs> what do you, what's your solution? So I've partnered up with a local podcasting company called the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Currently, the website is under some really major renovations, bringing it up to 2017 and just changing the whole visuals and everything. So if you were to go to twoguystalking.com, that's the number two, 
guystalking.com, you're not going to see anything because right now the website's just completely down and completely being rebuilt pretty much from the ground up. But there's a Facebook group, you know, Two Guys Talking East podcast studio. You can kind of see some of the things that we're doing here, some of the different shows. And then you can also search for Two Guys Talking on iTunes and anywhere else you can get podcasts from and see some of the shows that are on the network. None of them are mine right now, but I do offer some editing services that we're starting up to just give podcasters the chance to save some time because, you know, an hour episode, if you really go in and edit it and spend a lot of time to really make it sound good, you know, you can spend almost two hours on one hour of content. So we offer those services. If somebody wants it edited, we can add in music and stuff like that and really give it a nice produced feel just because within the last few months, even though I'd been doing podcasting for a few years, just really spending more time editing other people's stuff and trying different things out for clients, it's really just gotten me to be a better producer of making things sound a lot better and more kind of a more produced production. It's a lot nicer experience instead of just throwing some music on and there you go. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I do. <laughs> but it's, you know, it it's, I guess I really do value those shows that can create a nicely produced piece of audio. And I envy that. But also I'm a realist in which if I tried to get it that good myself, I it would take so much more time than it would be worth it. And Instead of putting out, you know, one mediocre show every week or every two weeks, it would be one fantastic show once a year. And that really wouldn't work. And I probably wouldn't be married either. So it's just, uh, I can't do it. And that's why there are people like you, Kevin, who can and do it for people. Uh, and obviously it's worth something because people pay, pay for it. Yeah. I mean, you've got to have patience. And I mean, there's even been some shows that, they've sent stuff over and I just throw my headphones down after like five minutes. I'm like, no, I can't do this because it's just kind of a horrible experience. I'm like, no, that's way beyond the scope of what I want to even attempt to do because it's going to be night and day what you send over and what you get back. But well, I'm curious mostly just uh, as far as cleaning up, the conversation itself, or is it more just all the background noise and that kind of stuff? It's just kind of the conversation itself because there's some hosts that they just talk really fast. And it's like the micro machine guy and the level like, Oh, slow down because then they start tripping over the words. And it's like, just kind of relax and have a conversation, but they come up with their points and their mind is going a lot faster than their mouth. And whenever they kind of mess up, and they might stutter or they want to shift in a different direction and there's no real easy way to do it. It's really tough to clean that up. And I, from yeah. experience, I, my mind and my mouth go different speeds and sometimes alternately, like I, it, yeah, I have, I have challenges that way. So, I mean, I'm not perfect. I still make plenty of mistakes, but at least I'm a little bit more aware and I think everybody should at least try to edit one or two of your own shows because by like really editing and getting out the ums and uhs and just crazy little 
things that come up during a conversation, you start paying more attention to how you're talking and you kind of pace yourself a little bit better. And because you know what it is you're looking for, you're like, well, if I'm editing my own stuff, I don't want to spend a lot of time clicking out and cutting a whole bunch of different things because I know it's going to take me longer to get this episode done. So you're a little bit more conscious of it as you're having your conversation. Well, Kevin, where can people go if they want to get their podcast edited? And also, where can they find you online? Well, right now, I would say the easiest way to do it would just be to email me at kevin at twoguystalking.com. And again, that's kevin at the number two guys talking.com. And from there, we can get you all set up and going with that. And you can always contact me on Twitter. Twitter is still my favorite social media platform to spend the most time on. And even though it's really, it's really weird not being able to be on while I was on the cruise ship, but it was nice to completely unplug. But that's at Kevin Harvell with two L's. Very good. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us joining me today thanks for being a very important part of starting up ms mobile show a couple years ago and i'm grateful for that and it's awesome to talk with you man we don't get to do it enough but it is it's always fun to chat talk about uh podcasting and life and technology and all that that combination yeah it has been a while it's been it's been fun seeing how you guys have been keeping things going and i was kind of bummed i'm like oh there's no more new episodes and other people are chomping at the bit for it and it just i i just knew i was too busy to really kind of get back in and really help out to to do anything with it so i just gradually gave control of everything over to you and like oh, just hopefully make the best of it and Hope to keep it going. Yep, that is the plan. So, listeners, thank you again for listening. Uh, thanks for putting up with the hiatus. But I can tell you I am really excited for what I am planning to roll out here. I have some awesome guests already lined up. Like I said, I already have a great co-host. I'm excited to be be working with him uh, every other week and probably come on for the guest shows occasionally. It'll definitely be a little bit different format going forward. Uh, this is kind of an, an example of that, uh, Kevin being as a guest. And it's also a great example of me thinking of a concept of a show and then trying to actually spit it out through my mouth and, and put together how it's going to actually work. But I was very satisfied with this episode so far. Um, Kevin, it's great to have you on. So it's been awesome. Yeah, it's never a bad thing to be a little nervous and scared about change, but you can't sit and just completely fear change. Change can be good. Exactly. But I, I understand why people like that familiarity and, you know, like cheers where everybody knows your name. Yeah. I I completely understand that, why you want everything to stay the same. But sometimes change is good, and it's always good to kind of pivot once in a while and if people love listening to you and listening to what it is you guys have to talk about, they'll be there. They'll come back. Mm -hmm. Well, listeners, if you want to continue the conversation, you can follow us on Twitter at MS Mobile Show. You can follow me, Vernon E.L. Smith, on Twitter at Vernon E.L. And if you want to communicate more formally with us, you can email the show at contact at msmobileshow.com. Thanks again for listening for another episode. Have a wonderful week. Stay mobile. <laughs>